little girls, and we're thrilled to have them with us as well today. And Jean and Nicole, they are missionaries in South Africa. They're involved with an orphanage there. Uh, they work with uh, a pastor, Supresa, there. Uh, yeah, the thing I appreciate about them the most is just their s- sincere and simple, sweet devotion to Jesus. You know, I just, I love that about them, and that really comes across in their life and their heart and ministry. I love being around people like that. So we're going to give them the, the whole morning to share a little bit about their work there and just whatever, whatever God has laid on their heart to minister to us today. So... Jean and Nicole, come on forward. Let's give them a hand, a welcome, warm welcome. Uh, We're so, so blessed to be here. We we fell in love with um, the uh, Stranthams and with the DeGroats and everything's relationship, right, and in the kingdom. And so when the Lord opened the door for us to be able to come back to America, you know, we, we laid out our little plan, you know, and the Holy Spirit just began to put everything together, and we were like, oh, we've got to go to real life, you know? So we were just so thrilled to be here. I'm excited. Um, you know, he's my favorite preacher, of course, and so God has given him something that is just really, um, yeah, I'm really excited about what God is going to do today. He's been He's been releasing something very, you know, very um, beautifully, I believe, unique for every place we've gone. And so I'm excited. Um, I'll give you just a a brief overview of um, what God is doing in our little neck of the woods in South Africa. For those that are new here, um, we, we served with Heidi and Roland Baker up in Pemba, Mozambique. That's where we actually met and got married. We served there for a little while. Um, I was there all together for five years. And then in 2009, we were asked to pray about moving down to South Africa because a piece of land had been purchased and Pastor Surprise and his wife, Trifina, needed somebody to come and help them in pioneering a children's village. And so um, they asked us to pray about it and... Uh, Gene, immediately, he knew it was God. He was like, are you kidding? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Pack your bags. I was like, I, I, I had to know. And I just never thought we would leave Pemba. And I was, you know, let's lay down our lives for this unreached group, the Makua. And, you know, so what do you do when you're married? And he has a yes and you have a no. You, 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 you pray. <laughs> Fast and pray. Yes, but... Anywho, I don't even know why I'm telling this story, but um, I know it's why. good. It's good. <laughs> so we went into a holding pattern, and then we came down for a visit. We had to leave South Africa to renew our visas, and we, you know, it just made sense. Let's go. Let's talk more with Pastor Surprise. Let's see this property. Um, let's just pray. Because, of course, if my husband said, no, this is absolutely it, you know, I would have submitted and gotten in line. But isn't it beautiful when, you know, when we got married, we, we, we both really um, decided on those really big areas that just shift your whole destiny. We would always be in agreement. So obviously moving your family to another, you know, region of the world, that's big. So, so there's a lot of young couples here. Yes, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. This is, this is why she's sharing the story. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so we went down to South Africa for this visit and I'll just never forget the day. Pastor Surprise drove us up to the property and I saw these four homes there and it was like a dream that had always been in my heart, but never had a full language or a full like understanding suddenly was crystal clear. And we had been working at this massive, big, you know, children's village with rotating staff big, big numbers. Um, I just won't go into all the details because it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful what God is doing, you know, in um, these places. The Bible fights for the family, as in God has ordained the family to be, you know, the ultimate ideal place for every child. Amen? He, he puts them in families. And so we have to fight for the family. And so when we drove up there, 
boom, here's these four houses. And it was like, do you want to do it? Do you want to do families? Do you want to go after this family-based care, this family concept that, that literally can be modeled for the rest of Africa? And at that point, I was all in. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, we're, we're doing this. So we've been in South Africa now for eight years, and it is home. We, we just, oh, we're just so blessed. And um, we, we know that we will be there until the Lord tells us, you know, and shifts us somewhere else. But um, the children's village, uh, we're, we just have testimony after testimony. Gene will probably share maybe a few today. Um, but it's thriving. We're, we're actually launching families. Um, we, we hold these families close. They're, you know, beautiful local couples and even widows. And, and we watch God bring, you know, child after child. And, and we watch that family become a forever family. And when they're ready, we actually launch them back into the community. We get the government support. So we have a sustainable model that actually empowers a family. Doesn't create, you know, this thing where, Everybody's with us forever, but when they're ready, we, we launch them out to be able to shine for Jesus. So we're on our third family now. So pray with us right now. We have 24 kids at Michael's Children's Village. We need more house parents. <laughs> we pray with us. We need more house parents. You know, we're, we're asking a pretty huge thing. We're asking people for a forever commitment to these kids, a lifetime commitment to these kids. It, it's huge. It's huge. So they're not exactly lining up at our door. Uh, so pray that God would do it. Amen. God would line them up. That would be awesome. Amen. So, um, yeah. But to give you a, just a, a brief, um, Michael's Children's Village isn't all that we do. We have a beautiful team of local heroes, amazing leaders from South Africa and from Mozambique. Um, in even Zimbabwe, our team is really growing, and some internationals. We have some missionaries from Belgium, from Wisconsin, from Cape Town. And so we have the Village of Hope, which is our community ministry. And out of there, we have a Bible school that really focuses on training up our local leaders for, you know, planting churches, for evangelism, for all different um, areas of ministry, you know, and even lay leadership. So we have the Bible school. We also have a feeding program for our local community um, every day, Monday through Friday. You know, there's just this beautiful, hearty meal that anyone can come and enjoy. So that's awesome. Um, we also have a preschool, another felt need of our community. Someday we're going to have a big, beautiful Christian school in our community. Pray Help with me, us. Jesus. <laughs> Not yet, but we're dreaming. Um, we also have, uh, you know, different ministries kind of rotate with, we've done sewing, we've done jewelry making, we want to have a bakery someday. Just God just keeps on giving us, you know, um, beautiful ways that his love looks like, you know, and so we just run with it. But just to share one testimony about one of these parachurch um, ministries that has happened is five years ago... Um, uh, one, uh, one of our team just really wanted to go and love on the ladies that were working out on the streets. And in that, that night, um, she got invited into a brothel and basically all the ladies got gathered up and God just came down, crashed in. And we have been in that brothel now for five years, consistently, twice a week being able to love on these ladies. We've had several of the ladies come off, be free, going into different areas, several of them in our Bible school. One of those ladies is now leading the dignity ministry. I mean, like, literally, she's leading it. So how beautiful is that, eh? And then a year and a half ago, we found out about a community um, kind of a little outside of our city. Uh, and, um, yeah, just... Uh, ladies working the truck stop area and this shack community i mean literally all the homes are built out of trash and out of heaps of you know um the bamboo and the and the mud and stuff they're shacks and so this this shack community so um we started going in there and we planted another church and so now we've been faithfully going in there for a year and a half and God is just uh, exploding there. 
Um, one really cool testimony is Gene, just over Christmas, we were, he was going um, every Friday there, and God highlighted one of the men that was attending the Bible study, and the Lord had spoke to his heart that he would be the pastor of the church. So we brought that guy over to our Bible school, and now he's doing so beautiful. Yeah, he's in our Bible school. He's in the Bible school. And he's, he's actually wor- working at the children's he's village. He's working at the children's village as on one of weekends. our security, because we... <laughs> We need increased security on the weekends. Um, All kind of fun stuff going on. So, yeah. So we're just so so thrilled to be here. And so that just gives you a little overview. I think Gina's going to be sharing more. But we love you. Yeah. Excited about what he's going to do. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, honey. I'm wired. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here this morning. Thank you, Pastor. Um, one of the ministries Tisa actually forgot is to mention was um, one of our missionaries, Camilla. She really had in her heart to go to the hospitals and to pray for the sick. And so now once or twice a week, she goes to the local hospital to pray for the sick. And we've seen testimony after testimony, after testimony of God's goodness and God's love healing people. Um, a really neat testimony. While we were gone, they, um, some little young kids actually broke into our house. They, they somehow broke the window and rigged some things to steal some of my kids' toys and all kinds of other things. And, and, and we were like, wow, that's interesting. And we have a neighbor who's very protective. His name is Joseph. And he wanted to administer community just, justice. So in South Africa, they, they say they will punish you. So he wanted to go punish the kids that did it. But Kamala, who has a really kind heart, decided she would um, take the kids and go back to their parents and, and see why they would do such a thing. Well, the ringleader was nine years old. They went, they went to her house and they found out that her mother has been in the hospital for over two months and she's been crying herself to sleep every night. And so, you know, mercy triumphed over judgment in that situation because Camilla went to the hospital. They prayed for her. They went back the next week. They prayed again. And on, by the second week, she was released from the hospital. You know, we, thank you, Jesus. So sometimes the reason people do things, we don't know. We don't know the reason. And, and, you know, we would want to just say, well, that's wrong. They need to be punished. But mercy triumphs over judgment every single time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for mercy. Thank you that you've been so merciful to us, that you're such a good father and you give good gifts to your children. Father, I thank you for what you're gonna do this morning. Father, I'm asking that you would give your people ears to hear what your spirit is saying to the church. Father, we thank you for ministering angels in this place even now. Thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of your people. We thank you for transformation that will take place this morning through the word of God that's preached in truth. And I'm asking, Father, that only your words would come forth in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we were worshiping, I I heard the Holy Spirit say, talk about the great commandment. So if you're having your Bibles... You can turn to Matthew chapter 22, and I think we'll begin in verse 36. So Matthew 22, beginning in verse 36. Yeah, so we've been in South Africa now. It's been over eight years. We just recently um, got another three-year volunteer visa. So we're excited. We believe that God is, is really... Uh, planted us there. And so I'm just remembering a couple of things that we didn't talk about. One is that we're actually macadamia farming on the other side of the... I might have mentioned it last time I was here. So we're still macadamia farming on the other side of the children's village. It's uh, 
16 hectares, so 35 or so acres of trees, about um, 1,600 trees, plus or minus. Uh, We planted them about three, four years ago, but we've had challenge after challenge. We had 1,000 die. We had to replant them. We had to redo the irrigation system. We had to redo the fence. Obviously, we're not macadamia farmers, but by the grace of God, I hired a, a macadamia farm manager now, and so I believe it's going to be successful. Just over this past uh, summer for us, winter for you, we grafted in the branches of the trees so that they all be the same type of tree. So hopefully within three or four years, they'll start producing nuts and it'll help us to become self-sustaining. So we're taking steps to become self-sustaining. Uh, another one of the things we're doing, um, which my wife didn't mention, is we're building a new visitor center or, which will double as a kingdom equipping center. And it'll also be a host for when we have the Dignity Project and we get the ladies off the street. We do a 10 to 12 day immersion camp where we take away the cell phone and there's physical, spiritual training, um, all encompassing training. We bring in people to teach life skills. And then after they complete the camp, we actually find coaches for them and help them find jobs. And we have one particular organization working on fire has said if anyone can make it through the camp, they'll actually help them to find the jobs also. So it's amazing what God is doing through that. And and another thing for the uh, um, equipping center is we want to host an international mission school like our our parents, Heidi and Roland, do up in Pemba. They have a, like a nine-week school. We're, we're looking to do a six- or seven-week international mission school beginning in August of 2018. So pray with us on this endeavor. We have a, a, you'll understand this, we have a building project going on with a, a lot of challenges. So we're definitely needing lots of prayer, and, and we just thank you for... Um, partnering with us in prayer in this endeavor because we believe that there'll be an advancement of the kingdom of God, as we, especially as we help these ladies. God is really doing something. Uh, I, I remember the last camp that we hosted at Working on Fire. I, I went with uh, two, two missionaries came with me and I brought, um, I think we had 12 Bibles. So we had 12 Bibles and the Lord had me give each one of the ladies a new Bible. And I had a thought, well, let's get into the Word of God. You know, you get a Bible, let's get into the Word of God. So I said, okay, let's all turn to Joshua 1.8. Well, it took about 10 minutes for all of us to get there. So I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, let's scrap that plan. So I have this young man, Elliot. He's gone through three years of the Bethel School and... He's just a prophesying machine, and I had Sabrina with me. And I said, well, let's just prophesy over every single one of them. We just, so then we began to prophesy the destiny over each one of the girls' lives. And it was so incredible what the Lord was speaking that one of the ladies accused Catherine, who was the head of the ministry working alongside Hilda, that she told us everything. So much so then the Lord gave me a specific word that she hadn't shared with anybody. And she ended up giving her heart to Jesus. Now she works in the, in the children's church at our Nelsprit church. So God is just changing lives. And, and sometimes just through words of encouragement, just through loving on people, we can see lives changed. And you don't have to go to Africa. I believe the nations are here. We were just talking. The nations are here in Ankeny. You're, you're getting all the refugees. And I see how the community is growing and, and how God is bringing the nations here. And the kingdom of God, you said it's not low here or low there. It's at hand and it's within you. It's Luke 17, 20. The kingdom is within you. You know, when John the Baptist came, he said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's now. That word for repent is metanoia, and it literally means change the way you think. Stop with your unbelief and start believing. 
There's one coming after me whose sandals I'm not even worthy to untie. He's the Messiah that you've been looking for. Stop with your unbelief and start believing. Start changing the way you think. And then you see shortly thereafter, after he baptizes Jesus, then Jesus is led by the spirit into the wilderness. And when he comes out of the wilderness, he comes with a message. What is his message? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is now. The kingdom of God is within you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. When we realize who is in us and what we were created for, it will revolutionize the way you think and the way you do things. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm coming across the Passion Translation. Does anybody read the Passion Translation here? Oh, we got some Passion fans here? That's fantastic. My first missions trip in 2002 was with Dr. Brian Simmons to the Philippines. And it's where I got my call to the nations when I went. So I'm just putting out a plug. I, I love the Passion Translation. I just want to, before we go to Matthew and talk about the great commandment, I want to um, read Romans 12, 2 in the Passion Translation. It says, stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Wow. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. I want to read that again as the the beginning part. It says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. You know, I think some of our biggest problem is right here. It's how we think. I mean, we, we embarked on this journey on March 1st. My wife, Tisa, Johanna, Gloria, and Victoria, and we dubbed it the epic road trip. Now, we're leaving at 10.30 in the morning. It's a four-hour drive to Johannesburg. We're hanging out all day. Our flight leaves at 10.30 at night for an eight-hour flight to Dubai with only an hour and a half layover, then another 14 and a half hours to Chicago, then another six-hour layover, and then a short flight to Omaha with three little kids. You're thinking that you guys are absolutely nuts. We are. (laughs) Nuts for Jesus. (laughs) But we dubbed it, we're going to have fun, and this is going to be an epic road trip. And so we begin to think like, we didn't think, well, what if our luggage gets lost? What if we don't make our flight? You know, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So what you think on, what your thoughts, sometimes actually determine what happens. What we meditate now, but if we're people of the word of God and we're meditating in the word of God and we're renewing our mind through the reading of the word of God, we're gonna begin to see transformation happen in our lives. Hallelujah. So how we think will determine where we're going. Your attitude, I love what Joyce Meyer says. She says, your attitude will determine your altitude. So being a people of the word of God, in the word of God, letting the word of God change us and transform us, I'm telling you, will help us to live victorious lives. And so on this this trip, we, we get to Dubai and now it's not an hour and a half. It's, it's less than 45 minutes. And my wife hears last call for flight 277 to Chicago and we're three terminals over. And we're thinking, we'll never make it. So instead of thinking negative, I said, honey, I said, if we don't make it, they're gonna put us up in a nice hotel. <laughs> so just having the right thought pattern Thinking correctly changed the whole attitude. So meanwhile, we, we kept trying to make it. Johanna and I are running. Her sandals are falling off. Gloria, the middle one, she just quits 
and sits down. She says, I'm going nowhere. She's done. She's done. She just quits. It's true. And so my wife, the baby, and Gloria, they stay back. They're walking slowly and we're running. We're about four, four little gates away. And then all of a sudden I see the cart go by with my wife and the kids. I'm like, and they beat us there. And we made it with five minutes to spare, only to get on the plane for another 14 and a half hours. And now we've already put over 10,000 miles on my father-in-law's car on this epic road trip. And so with three little girls, three girls. And the thing is, the kicker of this story is the baby, Victoria, up until seven months old, all she would do in the car is scream bloody murder. Literally 60, 70% of the time. She, which my wife did a trip for the children's village. She had a meeting in Middleburg two and a half hours away. She screamed the whole way up, the whole way back. And so I honestly didn't like doing family things because every time we got in the car, I'm just being honest. She would just scream bloody murder. And here we are planning this epic road trip across the United States from Omaha to Kentucky to Ohio to Pennsylvania to Massachusetts to Florida to Georgia to New Orleans back up to Iowa and back to Omaha. We have to be out of our mind. But we didn't think about that. And and a cool little testimony is as we're driving from Pennsylvania to Massachusetts to my parents' house, the, the two older girls had fallen asleep and Gloria's, or Victoria, the youngest, is just in the back laughing, cooing. And it's like she's talking to someone. And, and I hear the Holy Spirit say, I sent an angel to play with her. Uh-huh. Oh. So sometimes we worry about things we don't need to worry about. You know, the Bible tells us be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Make your request known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So, for us personally, hallelujah. <laughs> How you think will determine a lot what happens. And I'm not, we don't have the perfect kids. They're kids. Kids are kids, right? They do kid stuff. But it's been a, a, an amazing, fun time with the family. And we've, saw, we've seen God move mightily and mightily everywhere we've gone. And it's all because we're, we're setting our mind on things above. We're setting our mind on, on Him. You know, how do we change the way we think? By reading the Word of God, by setting our mind on things above. Knowing that we're a people of purpose we're a people of passion and we're a people that, of identity. We know who we are. We know whose we are. We know who we are and we know we have a created value. You know, the Bible tells us in, in Genesis that we were created in the very image of God, that we were created in his likeness and we were created to be just like him. Genesis 1, 26, and we were created to have dominion to rule and to reign. So if you realize that you were created, and I've, I've meditated on this, I've pondered this many, many times. You're created in the very image of God, in his very likeness, his very nature. That means you're intelligent. That means you're beautiful. That means you're kind. That means you're compassionate. That means you're loving. You know, 1 John 4, 4 8 says that God is love. And if God is love, and you're created in his image, it means you're created for love. So your purpose in life is to love. It's not just enough to receive the love of God, but we must become the love of God. We must become the hands and the feet of Jesus and the mouth of Jesus. We must become love. It's why we were created. So it doesn't matter where you are, just become love, just love people. And, and Heidi's, like, her main message is stop for the one. It's the person that's right in front of you. 
that God wants you to minister to. You know, two years ago, I was in the prayer house. It was January 1st, and the Lord spoke to me a word. It was called metamorphosis. And I said, metamorphosis, is that just for me? He says, no, that's for my people. That's for my church. And it's going to undergo a transformation, a metamorphosis from the cocoon, the caterpillar, to the butterfly. And he began to give me this beautiful illustration how through our lives as we're, we go through life, the, our struggles and our, the offenses and the things that have gone against us wrap this cocoon around us. But it began to show me as we become people of the word of God, as we renew our mind with the word of God, it begins to unravel the cocoon and unravel and then the butterfly can come out and soar. So what God is doing, it's transformation. You know, the reason the father sent the son wasn't just so that we get a ticket so we can go to heaven. It's to transform us back into the image of the father. He did come to forgive our sins so we can go to heaven, but let's bring, we sang about it. Let's bring heaven to earth. Let's become love here. It's to be renewed back to the image. Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but through me. So it's a restoration back to the Father, back to the image of the Father, back to the likeness, which is love. And I've been reading my Bible in, in 1 Corinthians, and in one version, I believe it's the King James Version, but I'm not positive, but it says, love suffers long. Love keeps no record of right or wrongs. Couples, you can't remind your spouse what they did last week when it was wrong, or a month ago, or even a year ago, because love, true love, doesn't keep a record. It doesn't behave rudely. It doesn't behave proudly. And love covers. Amen? Love covers a multitude of sin. But sometimes love, love has to confront also. So I'm not just preaching one extreme or the other. But I know that mercy triumphs over judgment. Hallelujah. For God so loved the world, he gave. He gave his only begotten son. And there's no greater act of love that was ever done than when the father sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to restore us back to himself. It's the greatest act of love that was ever committed. And I believe love, love is the most powerful force in the universe. And the gospel is very simple. It's about loving God and loving people. Now we'll get to Matthew. We, we're getting Matthew. We're here now. <laughs> Matthew chapter 22, verse 36. There was a teacher said, he said, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Love God and love people as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Back in the Old Testament, there were 613 laws that you had to follow in order to be declared righteous. But now we stand righteous because of what Jesus Christ did. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we stand righteous before the Father because of the blood that Jesus shed. And now it's two commandments. Love God and love people. It makes it very simple. Loving God and love people. But here, I like what it says. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, we need to be able to love ourselves. We, in order to love ourselves, we have to know that we were created in the image of God and that we have great value. Each person in this place has great value to God. You are important. 
very important. You're beautiful. You're intelligent. You're kind. You're compassionate. You're loving. You were created in his image, in his likeness. And he has a purpose and he has a plan and he has a destiny for your lives. You know, in Psalm 139, 16, it says all of your days were written in the book. You know, it was written in the book that we would all be here today. There is a book written about your life and your destiny. So our job, and I found myself praying lately, that's Psalm 139, 16. Lord, when I pray and minister to people, let me see the book. Let me see the book. Let me see the book. And speak, bring people into their destiny. God has such a purpose for each person there. There's people only you can reach. That others cannot reach. And sometimes it's with just simple, calculated acts of kindness and love. It's about loving God and loving people. I've found myself falling so in love with the body of Christ. There's such a love and a joy in my heart that I didn't have before. And it happened a couple years ago. It seems like I got born again, again. And there was a transformation in the way I think. I stopped blaming people for my problems. And I looked to myself and I realized that this was my biggest problem, my stinking thinking, and that I was the problem. It wasn't other people, it was me. And then when I got my eyes off myself and on him and I set my mind on things above and I began renewing my mind in the word of God, I saw transformation begin to take place in my life. And I believe that can happen with anyone. If we'll set our mind on things above, if we'll get in, if we'll be a people of the word of God. You know, in Joshua 1.8, it says this book of the law Shall, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night and do everything that's written in it. And then he says, and then I will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. It's not a five-step program. It's not a seven-step program to prosperity and success. It's two steps. It's meditate in the word of God and do what it says. Love God. Love people. You'll have success. You're having financial difficulties? Get in the word of God. Meditate in it day and night. And then do what it says. It's that simple. I'm a living testimony that it works. It works. I mean, you can, my wife is not in here now, but you can ask her. I went through a, a period of time from 2012 to 2014, where I had five hospitalizations, three major surgeries, I was sick more than I was well, and I was a miserable person to be around. You didn't want, I didn't even like being around me. I can't imagine what other people thought. And so this transformation has taken place, but it, it, it came out of desperation. But it came with the realization that I was the problem, that my thinking was the problem. And I even, the Holy Spirit revealed to me in 2009, I made a judgment about someone being, having a critical, critical spirit and being very negative and judgmental and complaining all the time. I became that person for four years because of a judgment that I made. You know, second Philippians or Philippians 2, 14 says, do all things without complaining or grumbling. And the reason that is, is so that our light can shine. Before all men, so that they can see Jesus. I became that person. And when I realized it's not about me, it, it brings me back to the first time I was in Mozambique. I, went, I arrived in 2006. And my transition to Mozambique was very challenging. Within three weeks, my computer blew up. I didn't have a name. I was known as Amigo Especial de Manatisa. So... Mama Tisa's special friend. That was my name for three months. I didn't have a name. I didn't have an identity. So the Lord was stripping me. I got sick, very sick four times. This black, dark cloud would come over me. And then in February, they asked us to go to Morambala to do flood relief. 
from the Zambezi River. And so when we went on this trip, all of a sudden, my problems became very minuscule. The challenges that I was having were nothing. These people had lost everything from the flood. They were living in grass houses, houses made out of grass. And they were eating these brown things that they pulled out of the ground. That's what they were eating. So when we get our eyes off ourselves, it changes everything. And get our eyes on him when we set our mind on things above. You know, in John chapter 15, Jesus tells us there's no greater act of love than a man would lay down his life for his friends. And then he says, and you are my friends if you do what I command. So I think the Holy Spirit is saying something this morning. It's to love God, love people, but it's part of laying down our lives. And one of the things that I I see here in America, it's just so busy. There's just so much that just distracts you. You have to be here at this time. We have to do this and this. And, and we also have that too. We have to fight, but it's the culture allows us a little bit more freedom to be late and, it to, and for it to be okay. <laughs> Some of you are laughing. But it's, it's about stopping for the one. It's about putting others before ourselves and just loving people. It can be as much as just opening a door for somebody and smiling. It's helping your neighbor. Maybe your neighbor is old and they can't clean out their gutters or they need their lawn mowed. It's simple things that will turn people to Jesus. It's love. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, when I I was... um, praying before coming here this morning. I, I felt like the Lord uh, was giving me and uh, a couple of words of knowledge. Is it okay to minister in the word of knowledge? Um, what, what I really felt like the Lord um, was showing me is there was somebody here that your, your, either your son or your grandson is has been diagnosed with like autism or ADHD or something like that, that God wanted to heal those types of, uh, of disorders. Is there anybody here that that's the case? There's someone back there. Okay. Well, be encouraged. I really feel like the Lord is. And so if they're here, we, we want to pray for them after. Can I have um, Alyssa? Is she here? Come up and do some worship and we can transition. There she is. Come on in. Hallelujah. We're transitioning by the grace of God. We're, uh, we're, we crash landed the plane. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we want to just transition into a, a little bit of ministry time. And, and on the, the second thing that I really felt I want, the Holy Spirit was highlighting was young couples and their marriages. And so I want to have my wife come up also. We want to pray for you. And I don't believe it was by accident she started sharing the testimony about when we were going to come here. Um, Because the Holy Spirit had put that on my heart before we even came up. You see, we made a, a, a covenant together. It's not a contract It's a marriage covenant. And we covenant to love one another, God. Through good times, through bad, sickness, health. Even when I'm miserable, not fun to be around with. And we determined that any major decision in life, we would do it together. We would be on the same page or we wouldn't make the decision. And that I remember when I first went for counseling for to get married, I asked this older couple, I said, if there's one thing you could give us for advice, what would that be? And they said, be led 
by the Holy Spirit in all your decisions. Let the Holy Spirit guide you and let the Holy Spirit direct you. So any young couples, you've been married for 10 years or less. I would like you guys to come forward. We would like to pray for you, if that's okay. Come on forward. Don't be shy. And if there's other people too, we want to, with pastor's permission, uh, we also want to pray. Anybody wants prayer for the renewing of the mind? You you need prayer for healing? Um, We would love to pray with you. We would love to pray for you. So come on forward. Yes, come on forward. Oh, they're in the nursery. Okay, getting there. It's okay. The mamas are in the nursery. So we thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for what you're doing in this place, in this house. And we bless these young couples, Father. We bless them with wisdom. Father, we say give them wisdom, give them understanding. Draw them closer together, Father. It was 15 years ago when I went on the first missions trip to the Philippines. The Lord gave me the picture of the triangle. And he's at the top of the triangle. And the husband is at the bottom right. The wife is at the bottom left. As we draw closer to him, we automatically draw closer to one another. As we draw closer to him, we automatically come together. There's a knitting together. There's a tying together that comes as we keep our eyes on Jesus. So, Father, I thank you for what you're doing in these young lives. I bless this couple to be fruitful, to advance the kingdom of God in all that they do. Father, I bless this baby that's coming. Father, I thank you for this history maker, the history maker. And, Father, I'm asking for an impartation of wisdom and understanding and how to raise up this child to take the land for your kingdom and for your glory. Father, I thank you. I just declare you're going to be a good mother. You're going to be a good mom. Don't worry. You're going to be a really, really good mom. Yeah. (laughs) The Holy Spirit's going to give you wisdom. He's going to give you guidance. He's going to direct you. Thank you, Father. I bless this man of God. Ah, understanding. Give him an understanding heart, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We bless them. We bless them, Lord. We bless them. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for your son and your daughter. Thank you for your son and your daughter. Let them come into a revelation of their identity knowing who they are, their created value, that you love them so much that you shed your blood for them. Let them see people the way you see them, Father. We bless this marriage. We bless this union. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We bless everything that they put their hands to. bless this marriage. I bless this union. And I ask that you would strengthen it by your spirit. Let nothing come in between them. Father, give them such a hunger for your word. A hunger for you. And let them be drawn closer and closer together as they seek your face. Yeah. And let them enjoy their daughter. Let them enjoy enjoy life. We thank you for this family. And we bless it in Jesus' name. We bless this beautiful, beautiful girl. We bless you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing in this body. Yeah. 
We thank you, Lord, that you're training up a new generation that'll take your kingdom of laid down lovers willing to sacrifice to put others before themselves we thank you we thank you for creativity we thank you for wisdom I just see creativity all over you so I bless his mind Father I ask for a release of inventions creativity I bless that in Jesus name so I thank you Father for this mom, this good mom. Yeah. Give her wisdom. Give her understanding. Enlarge in her capacity to love, to receive, and to give away your love. Father, we bless them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we bless them. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Spirit of God. your children. You love your children. You take great delight in them. Yeah. I thank you for the the teaching gift that rests upon your daughter. I bless that gift. Let it increase. Let it increase. Let it increase. And I thank you for sons and for daughters being raised up. Yeah. I just see your house as as it's going to be I just see a revolving door, people coming in, people going out, people coming in, people going out. You're training and you're equipping sons and daughters. So I bless the call of God on your lives to function in all that he's called you to do. Yeah. And and don't ever think you're a doormat. Don't ever think you're a doormat. You're not a doormat. You're a daughter of the king takes great delight in you. So Father, we thank you for your son and your daughter (laughs) and that they're an integral part of this family here at Real Life. So we bless them and we affirm them in their giftings and callings. And we say, Father, continue to finish the good work you've begun because we know that you are faithful. (laughs) You are faithful. And I'm asking that the joy of the Lord would be their strength. A double portion of joy would would be released. For your kingdom, it's righteousness, it's peace, and it's joy in the Holy Ghost. So I bless them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father.